We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you ever thought, I have some money, but I want to turn it into more money? Well, one of the ways you could do that is through gambling. But gambling is legal in some states. It's a little dodgy. But online gambling is completely legit, and that is where our sponsor, Booster.com, comes in. B-U-S-R.com slash guilty. They are the official betting partner of the Guilty is Charged podcast, where we'll be having a lot of Chargers-themed bets. Uh, And they want to give you some cash to bet on the Chargers or anybody you want to bet on, whether it's a preseason game or the Super Bowl. They are here for you. So you can use code NFL100FP. Again, that's NFL100FP at BUSR.com slash guilty. And they will match 100% of your first deposit. If you put down $100, they'll put down $100. And suddenly you have $200 to bet on, I don't know, Larry Roundtree prop bets. Anyway, you can go to Booster.com slash guilty. Thanks to them for being the official sports book, and they want to make you money just as I want to see you get money. So go to booster.com slash guilty and use code NFL100FP. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Guiltiest Charge podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. Joining me as always are my guys Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? I am doing pretty swell. Great. Awesome news. Um, Tyler, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. I have to start by saying hello to fellow Chargers Guiltiest Charge podcast fan, uh, Reggie. It turns out he works at the same PT clinic that my fiance works at. Turns out he's a big fan. So Reggie, keep up the good work. Wow, awesome news! Small world. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have successfully recruited a bunch of people at my new job to listen to the podcast. So, uh, Mister Lieber and Mister Kirby, if you're listening, what's up? Um, all right, got a fun show planned for you guys today. Talking about the upcoming matchup with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, definitely a game that I think a lot of people had circled on the calendar. But first and foremost, have to give a shout out to our guy quest designs we just had uh the collaboration drop it is on our twitter page as well as his so please go support quest you can find him on twitter at quest 360 designs if you use the code guilty 10 to purchase any of his stickers you get 10 percent off your order um and he's a very good he's a big chargers fan so go support him and support the show we do really appreciate that All right, let's talk. uh, Let's jump right into these storylines for week three. Um, Let's start off. uh, Tyler, I'll ask you first. What's kind of your big storyline of the week for the Chargers and Chiefs matchup? I could go a number of different ways here, but I wanted to go something a little bit different. And I want to know, especially after watching the All-22, will Brandon Staley rotate out some of his first-round picks on defense to protect this defense? And... Obviously, I'm not talking about Joey Boso, Derwin James, but in this case, potentially Jerry Tillery and Kenneth Murray. Each of them will absolutely have a role on this defense. And I think in particular, you know, Murray will just be will be just fine down the line. But they've been a bit of a rough watch the past two games. And 
I know these these situations are different and very different, but the best thing the Chargers ever did for Denzel Perryman was play him less. And I think at some point, if it's Covington and Jones out there instead of Tillery or Tranquil out there instead of Murray, even though I don't know if that's the, quite the rotation, um, I don't think that happens this game. But it sounds like they do want to do it with Tranquil. And uh, Stephen, you pointed out in your tweet, uh, Brandon Staley reiterated today that he still feels like linebacker Drew Tranquil is a starting caliber player and that he said they're planning to get him on the field more and more each week. Does that happen this week? I'm not quite sure, but I'm very curious to see, especially after they've watched now two games, you know, do we start pulling some guys out? Now, if Justin Jones isn't healthy, maybe leave until more, but if, it, if Jones is healthy and Tranquil is doing just fine, do they get more snaps this week? I'm not quite sure, but I'd love to see uh, some changes there. I think at least on early downs. Yeah, before I'll let Alex talk about uh, Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones for a second. And obviously you can talk about the linebackers too, but it just, the live, it just felt like Murray was having a weird game. And then watching the film, it did not paint a very pretty picture. Picture It, it painted a picture of someone who did not trust their instincts, someone who was not really diagnosing what was happening in front of him. And, you know, obviously the all 22 is not available for everybody, but, you know, once you're able to get your hands on it, um, you know, I would definitely encourage anybody to go and watch the difference in Kaiser White and Kenneth Murray and even Drew Tranquil. Like Kenneth Murray is not in a good space mentally. He had the great play in the fourth quarter when he, you know, knifed through and tackled Zeke for a tackle for loss, which was a great play. But the consistency in in just like the mental capacity is not there. And it's it's a weird thing because it really felt like he was making some strides last year. And some of that scheme for sure. But a lot of it is just like reading, reacting to blocks and making in the tackles, which we're seeing Kaiser White doing. We're seeing Drew Tranquil doing. So it's just a little weird for Kenneth Murray right now. Um, you know, he had the shoulder injury, of course, and the surgery. So maybe he's not healthy maybe it's kind of impeding some things maybe he's not trusting himself you know we don't really know just you know we're on the outside but um i would love to see more of drew tranquil i would love to see more of kaiser white especially in this particular game where you're going to need these linebackers to cover and that's not really kenneth murray's strong suit similarly to denzel perryman so if they kind of unleash drew tranquil this week i think that would make a lot of sense and i'm not saying like make him a starter but give him 25 snaps and that can come from a number of different ways. It doesn't have to come directly from Murray, right? But, you know, I would like to see Drew Tranquil on the field more often going forward, but specifically in this game against the Chiefs. Yeah, I've talked about Justin Jones and Jerry Tillery ad nauseum, and so I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> um, my biggest storyline is actually the return of Derwin James versus Travis Kelsey. Um, I yeah. think you could put that X Factor matchup wherever you want to put it, but... The last game that Derwin James was active for after he came back from the foot injury in 2019, he did pretty much hold Travis Kelsey to three receptions for 24 yards. Um, obviously, if you look at the production of Kelsey in Chargers games where Derwin James doesn't play, it's quite a bit higher. Yeah. Uh, so I think Derwin James playing in this game is going to have a huge impact regardless of what the rest of the Chargers defense is doing just to have him as that kind of chess piece on the field to potentially take somebody like Travis Kelsey out of the game uh, is so huge. And this is his first Chiefs game really in two years. Um, so it's going to be awesome to see him out there, to see him, you know, well, I was going to kind of do the Tyler thing where I say, oh, it's Derwin James and Joey Bosa, but Joey Bosa is the DNP for the second straight day. So we don't know. Um, but I am excited to see Derwin James out there if he ends up being out there. Uh, and so that's going to be fun to watch with uh, – him versus Travis Kelsey. Yeah, there's definitely uh, some DNPs. Brandon Staley said he was being cautious with some of these players. Obviously, you're hoping that Derwin James and Joey Bosa are those players. Um, but it, it is going to be, you know, electric to watch. I think, you know, we, we all saw the highlights from Derwin against George Kittle in practice. And, you know, we've got to see, you know, Derwin James go up against Keenan Allen in practice. We've got to see him go against C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper last week. So the Chargers are obviously, you know, in a much better spot if Derwin is healthy. Um, and we can talk about the rest later on. I think the biggest storyline for me that I'm really interested in is really the chess match that's going to be happening between Brandon Staley and Andy Reid. I think this is a really interesting 
battle of styles, if you will, because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they want to check the ball 50 times a game. They want to check it downfield. And that's what Brandon State's defense is designed to stop. We saw the Cowboys last week really lean into their running game, really lean into the quick passing game. And not to say that the Chiefs can't do that same thing, but their running game is nowhere near as good as the Dallas Cowboys with Zeke and Tony Pollard and all those guys. The offensive line is still gelling. So this could be a game for them to really kind of unleash that. Obviously, the Chargers run defense is not in a great spot, as we've alluded to. But I think the Cowboys kind of showed everybody how teams could potentially, you know, go up against Brandon Staley, you know, going forward. Because everybody in the offseason, it was all, you know, how are teams going to combat Brandon Staley's defense? How are they going to handle his scheme? What's going to happen with Joey Bosa? What's going to happen there with James? And well, you know, the answer right now is if you run the football effectively, you're probably going to win. So that's just not really the Chiefs MO. It hasn't really been ever since Patrick Mahomes became the starter. So I'm just really interested to see the kind of adjustments that happen between the, these two genius coaches. I think nobody is going to argue that Andy Reid is a great offensive mind. Brandon Staley seems to be a great defensive mind. So it's just going to be really interesting. Obviously, this is probably me nerding out over the X's and O's, but it really is like such a fascinating matchup and a fascinating clash of styles because one, it really is, it really does seem to be like good versus good. You know, you, Alex mentioned Derwin James versus uh, Travis Kelsey. Like this is the game that somebody could realistically stop the Chiefs. But if the Chiefs come out and hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire 25 games, 25 times this game, you know, maybe we see a different kind of game. We're all expecting points, I think. But I don't know. It's just a really fascinating coaching matchup. And I just can't wait to see it play out. Uh, yeah, I think. I was just going to say, I think you mentioned kind of the Travis Kelsey, you know, Tyreek Hill thing, like the margin for error in these games is so small to the point where it's like, man, uh, that first Chargers Chiefs game last year, Tyreek Hill was kind of getting locked up the whole game. And then he has that one big play where he gets over Chris Harris and it's a touchdown and suddenly the Chiefs are back in front. Right. (laughs) So like you can do everything right against this Chiefs team and still find a way to lose the game like the Chargers did last year. So it's just one of those things where, you know, if you're watching Derwin James and all these guys, they can ball out. And Michael Davis has been very good this year. He could lock up Tyreek Hill, but it all takes is really one play. Yeah, I'd love to see this defense limit the big plays. And really also, can they stay disciplined enough for the entire game? And, you know, last week there was a potential interception. Uh, Dak had fumbled and there was the ball in and hit the turf. You know, can they get those takeaways when the opportunities present themselves? Because you got to play perfect against the Chiefs and they barely give you really any plays to, you know, to take away. And I guess I don't know if this is true, but I read somewhere that the Chiefs have scored 31.5 points per game with Mahomes. So they're really need to go in, they're going to need to step up their game from 18.5 points a game so far this year. Yeah. And, you know, we can we'll definitely talk more about the red zone offense, you know, later on. But, you know, this the Chargers operation has not been super smooth right now. I think all of us could agree on that. And this is a game where it has to be essentially perfect to, you know, keep up with the Chiefs and potentially beat them. Um, all right. Any final thoughts on the biggest storylines before we move on to the injury reports? Nope. Okay. Let's get to it. So obviously a lot of stress on Twitter today seeing Joey Bosa and Austin Eckler and Chris Harris and Derwin James and Justin Jones and Kenneth Murray all on the injury report. Um, You know, like I said, it seems like Joey Bosa and Derwin James were potentially getting, you know, the the precautionary treatment. Um, Do either of you think there's a chance though that Joey Bosa does not play on Sunday? I'm, I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance for anything to happen with two DNPs, as we yeah. saw last week with Justin Jones. Um, I do think just looking at these injury reports and every Staley report we'll see going forward is kind of in like the Bill Belichick vein of like, well, you know, we're going to be cautious and also we're just going to try to fuck with the other team. Uh, <laughs> or at least that's what I've seen through these first two weeks. Um, so I do think Joey Bosa and Derwin James will play. Justin Jones, I'm a little unsure about because he's been a DNP for, you know, two straight weeks now. Uh, doesn't seem like Chris Harris is going to play. So I guess with evaluating these injury reports going forward, you do have to take the cautious kind of sports performance 
uh, nature of the Chargers now compared to what they did in the past. But uh, I, I definitely think it's concerning that there's still this many names on the injury report. Um, but I ultimately do think most of those guys will play. I think where we expected right now is where it's going to end up. Joey Bosa and Derwin James will play. Justin Jones probably, but not in full capacity. Harris Jr. not playing. I guess I'm concerned that Joey Bosa, I think this time last year, or at least the, at least the following week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was already starting to get beat up. And by the time, you know, week five, week six, week seven rolled around, Bosa just had three or so injuries that really nagged him. So hopefully this is just kind of a minor thing. It seems like it's a minor thing, but then, these things add up and, and eventually he gets kind of ineffective. So hopefully it's not too bad, but I do expect there's two biggest stars on defense to play. Yeah, that I'll never forget that injury report from last year where it was like tricep knee back. And it was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what is this guy not going through at this point? Hmm. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I think he'll play. And if if they if he doesn't play, man, like that's that is uh the worst possible matchup to miss for Joey Bosa. Um, is against the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, the Chris Harris thing is really interesting. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't even remember him, like, getting hurt and, like, seeing him, you know, walk out the field or anything. And now he's likely going to miss two games in a row. And then Justin Jones thing is a little weird, too. Like, he obviously did not come back in the game. But Brandon Staley said it was just a cramp. And now he's, you know, probably missing two weeks in a row with a calf injury. So... Those two injuries are interesting. Um, the plan with Chris Harris last week, or his replacement rather, was essentially putting Derwin James in his position. And then Alohi Gilman was playing deep safety. So I don't know if I would, I don't want to see that happen this week too. Like I think Derwin James needs to be that chess piece. Like I think he really does need to be moving around and, and going against Travis Kelsey and, and going into the slot and playing in the box safety. So it's going to be interesting to see if we get to watch more Kimon Hall this week, potentially more Trey Marshall. Um, you know, I just I I want I would prefer them to kind of mix it up a little bit against this team and not just say Derwin, okay, you're going to go play seventy percent of your snaps in the slot. Like I I don't know if that is really a recipe for success success this week. Last week I totally understand, totally makes sense, but I want to see Derwin James in that chess piece role moving around, I think is just better for the defense overall. Yeah, one of the more impactful plays of the week last week against the Cowboys was when Derwin James wasn't in the slot. I don't recall where he eventually lined up. I believe it was sort of near the center, but they brought Derwin James on a, James on a blitz. So hopefully, yes, even if he is covering Kelsey quite a bit, I hope they let him still do the other things that make him such a good defender. Yeah, so, I mean, I think just going forward with the Staley injury reports, it's pretty much all going to come down to what's their status Friday, which really yeah. sucks if you record a podcast on Thursday <laughs> and upload it Friday morning, you know. Um, I'd like to mention one player who's not on the injury report that I have sort of concerned about at this point. Nasir Adderley just said he had a degenerating finger, and that's oh, yeah. why he can't catch balls. Um, so that's a little bit concerning because that's potentially arthritis. So, uh, I don't know. That seems like a bigger deal than maybe it got talked about on Twitter. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't even think about mentioning that today. So it's, it's a little weird. Like he, you know, we've seen so many football players, you know, have the, the wanky fingers and, and, you know, go in different directions. I have that a little bit, but it's not, obviously I didn't play in the NFL, so it's different, but. You know, like if you're playing defensive back, like you kind of got to be able to catch the football. And, you know, we saw it was a very difficult catch. Right. But he did drop an interception this past week. So, um, you know, he said he's working to find a way around it. And it's just kind of crazy to me that like this dislocated finger happened in college and it's like five years later is still a thing. Yeah. Duke Manyweather also pointed out a play where Matt Filer got like his leg rolled up on. He completely bent over backwards, and he was wondering if that maybe contributed to some of the struggles that he thought Filer had in that game. But he was surprised that he toughed it out. So, I mean, maybe it's nothing. He's obviously not on the injury report, but it's something to monitor. Well, he was on it. He is on it, but he's just as a full participant. Never mind. Um, okay. So, I don't know. I, I thought that Filer had a really good game, at least as a run blocker. Mm -hmm. um so that is you know something and shout out really quickly to steven anderson and donald parham both players <laughs> that we were really concerned about you know the blocking aspect of the tight end group 
Steven Anderson and Donald Parham are blocking their butts off. Like they're really, really playing well right now in that capacity. Steven Anderson obviously came on the show. So did Donald Parham. So uh, a little biased towards that. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, those two players are are blocking very, very well. And just had to uh, give them a quick shout out real quick. Absolutely. Proved us absolutely wrong. I don't remember who Tommy Trimble even is. <laughs> Tommy Trimble. Man. Hey, uh, you'll get to see you'll get to see Tommy Trimble tonight. Oh jeez. I'm not watching that game. I'm not watching Thursday night football. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, did you see that picture of Davis Mills today going around on Twitter? Yeah. He's a, he's a dinosaur. Only, it's the only thing I'll watch of Davis Mills tonight. <laughs> Dude has a ginormous neck. Um, all right, let's get to these key matchups and X factors. Uh, I apologize. It looks like my Wi-Fi is wigging out a little bit, but you get, can you guys hear me? Okay. I can hear you. No problem. Yep. Okay. Maybe just my screen's a little bit slow, but oh well. All right. Let's talk about some key matchups and X factors. Um, obviously Alex mentioned, you know, Derwin James and Travis Kelsey. Um, so Alex, where are you going for your first key matchup outside of that? Or obviously you can talk about that some more. Uh, but where are you going for your first key matchup of the game? Uh, I think my first key matchup of the game is really just going to be, you know, we talked about it in sort of the beginning of the show, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire versus this run defense, right? Um, we don't think of the Chiefs as, you know, like the Cowboys or even like the Washington football team that they played week one as a team that's going to run downhill um, and sort of open up everything else through that. Uh, I don't know if they quite have the ability to do that yet, right? We've seen that offensive line is still coming together and Edwards Alaire is not exactly what Zeke and Antonio Gibson are. But I mean, after seeing what the Chargers were last week on film, I'm sure the Chiefs have watched it. Uh, and you know, seeing that Justin Jones might potentially be out again, I have to imagine that's a thing that they attack, especially because the Chiefs are probably going to be playing this game from in front like the chargers i don't think there's a scenario where they run away with the game right i think this is a game where if the chargers do win it's probably in the fourth quarter you know very much kind of a one score game uh type environment right so i think the chiefs will have the ability to run the ball the whole game uh if they want to and so that's kind of my first uh key matchup and how Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones, if he plays, uh, Linval Joseph and Christian Covington and all those guys hold up against the run this week, including Kenneth Murray and Kaiser White, who had bad weeks against the run last week. Uh, it's just going to come down to that. So, you know, it, the Chiefs, you do not want to give them the ability to run out the clock or pick up extra first downs uh, on the ground when you know they're already going to kill you to some extent through the air. If they want to run, have at it. I'm going to talk about this with Arjun pretty soon. Staley said himself, you know, the quickest way to lose is to give up explosions in the passing game. It takes a lot of four and five yard runs to add up to a 50 yard pass. So, you know, have at it. But again, I'll talk about that with Arjun. But still, yes, e- even though you kind of invite the run, please don't give up five and a half yards per carry. <laughs> invite the run. Yeah. Um, uh, my key matchup is going to be anyone versus Chris Jones, depending on where they yeah. move him. Seemed like against the Ravens, they you know started first, second down sort of along the edge, and then maybe on third down, they put him along the interior. But I guess the last game, there was only one sack, and it was from Daniel Sorensen, their safety. Um, otherwise, their pass rushers, Jones, Clark, and Reed, they only combined for five tackles and no sacks, which is not good at all. Um, but whatever they do with Storm Norton, it'll probably, or excuse me, against Chris Jones, it'll probably be a lot of Storm Norton. But the Ravens did a really good job of kind of negating Jones. You know, Stephen, with your interview with, with Caleb James, who covers the Chiefs, he details that a little bit. And to be honest, like Jones didn't look that good as an edge rusher, you know, Villanueva or even other tight ends were able to get their hands inside and really just extend and clamp him down. Um, the Ravens were also used, again, this is very different. Justin Herbert is not Lamar Jackson, but the Ravens would freeze him with, you know, read options. And he's just not that kind of experienced edge rusher to recover or win, or it's not really his game. Um, they do trap blocks and they would, they would just throw a bunch of different things at him. So he has so many different responsibilities to Maybe not make things confusing, but to at least make things difficult for him. And so he doesn't just have one job. Like I'm just going to pass rush, beat Storm Norton. It can't be that simple this game. So whatever they do, hopefully they change it up and make it very difficult for Jones, who is just not a traditional edge rusher. He doesn't look like one, so make it difficult on him. 
Yeah, usually it's something in my background, but Tyler's got a dog and a vacuum going on, so it's a, <laughs> it's it's going a great. fun night for him. <laughs> and my um, background's wigging out too. It's a it's a good episode today. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Chris Jones and Storm Norton like that has to be kind of a key matchup, just because like what Storm Norton are we gonna get? I don't think we're gonna get the Storm Norton that we that, that we saw against Washington, but I also don't think we're gonna get the Storm Norton potentially that we saw against Dallas, right? If he has just kind of a game in the middle i would take it at this point like just give me one game with a 60 pff grade and (laughs) i'll take that for as long as we can get it you know um so i think that's the most important thing if he can just be sort of a passable cog as tackle much like say saint tevy was in some games last year um that's sort of my expectation for storm norton at this point and I think he's capable of doing it, right? I mean, they moved Chase Young over, and in the second half, he was primarily going against Storm Norton. So, you know, if this there's somebody that can do it, I trust Storm Norton more so than the other backup offensive line options or, you know, putting Filer there and then getting weaker in the middle. But this is going to be sort of the kind of shit or off, get off the pot game uh, for Norton, I think, a little bit. Uh, if you do allow another 10 pressures, like, I'm not sure how much longer Staley can go on with it, you know? Oh, if he it allows another nine. 10 pressures, yeah, okay. <laughs> nine, <laughs> and, like, I don't, I, I'm fairly positive that Sam Tevy never allowed more than eight pressures in a game. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, that, that's really bad. Like, I, I think <laughs> his issues against Micah Parsons are definitely correctable. And like Joe Lombardi was saying, like, you don't have any tape on Micah Parsons. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll give you a little bit of a pass. Like, like if you had given up six pressures, I would have been like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, I understand that. But nine, 10 pressures, 11 was the first count. Like, like you got to be better than that. So, you know, I agree with Alex that if he's passable this game and passable for the next few games until Brian Belaga is back, or if Brian Belaga is back, then obviously that will help out. So, I think my key matchup of the day really is Justin Herbert versus Tyron Matthew. And I understand a lot of the red zone gripes right now. And I understand that Justin Herbert is playing very, very well, but there are some things in the red zone that are happening with Herbert that are not frankly getting enough uh, heat. I think he's had a, a few plays, you know, particularly when he's bootlegging left, and you know waiting and waiting and waiting for somebody to get open and he's waiting six seven eight nine ten seconds long and then he just makes a poor decision you know his interception to william jackson was a was a poor throw his interception in the red zone uh was a fluke i guess you could say because keenan allen had tripped but he's missing people in the red zone too like jared cook had jalen smith on him and jared cook had two steps on jalen smith and justin herbert threw the ball behind him like, I think Justin Herbert is very, very good at what he does. And I think that the Chargers have their guy. We've all been very positive about Justin Herbert. But this is not a game where Justin Herbert can be any kind of off. Like, he's he's been a smidge off on a couple plays here and there. And it has cost this team. And you cannot be a smidge off in the red zone against Tyron Matthew, who last week in his first game coming back from COVID had two interceptions and returned one for a touchdown. So this is a tough matchup in terms of pass coverage. I think, you know, Tyron Matthew, they're going to move him all over the field. But if Justin Herbert makes mistakes in the red zone, like they're going to lose. And he needs to be better in the red zone. He said as much. And I think he will be up to the task. But this is a difficult matchup against Tyron Matthew for for the things that Justin Herbert is struggling with, in my opinion. That's a great call. I'm, I'm glad you're talking about Justin Herbert too, because upon rewatch, even just in the red zone, like you said, that that missed to Cook, where at worst they end up on the three yard line if he hits him in stride. There's yeah. a play with Donald Parham in the seam where he absolutely misses him. Parham's waving his arm, like, please throw it to me. A little bit of pressure on that part. And so he had to throw it to Eckler for a short gain. So it's not like they lost anything, but the touchdown was there. And you see them drawing up plays for Parham. And it's like, oh my gosh, there it is. And then it just doesn't work out because he's doing something else couple of predetermined reads which isn't really on him it's just the way the offense is, is styled right now but throwing it to mike williams when somebody else might be you know wide open and available you know so yeah he does have a lot of things to correct for sure and you know i, I mean we kind of talked about him being off a little bit to start camp um, not in any like egregious bad way but just sometimes there's just something missing before it's, it's not quite perfect just yet 
And like you said, against the Chiefs, he had to be perfect. So he needs to be able to convert, find his guys, go through his reads. And yeah, even that sack penalty, or the, the sack call, which wasn't a sack, it was stupid, but he never should have been in that position to begin with. He should have thrown that ball away, and we never yeah. would have been talking about it if he just threw that ball away. So, I mean, it is what it is, but he has to improve in those areas. Yeah, I mean, I also think taking the temperature of the game is kind of an important thing, too. And, like, we talk about that interception to KZ. Like, that's that was on third down, right, um, I think, in that one. And so, I you, so yeah. yeah, throw the ball out of the back of the end zone. If, you know, nothing's really open, then you get three points. And suddenly the Chargers, I think, would be up 17-14 instead of the Cowboys driving down for a field goal and then the Chargers having to tie and kind of play from behind. Um, so obviously you don't want to settle for field goals against the chiefs, but, uh, I think just kind of knowing what the situation of the game is and when to take a risk. Um, I think that's going to be kind of really important in this one too. Again, I, I don't, I'm not saying that Justin Herbert has been playing bad he's been playing mostly right. very fantastic. It's just these little bits and pieces here and there that he has struggled with. Mm-hmm. And like I, we've said it a bunch already, like against the Chiefs, you have to be perfect. You cannot give the Chiefs extra possessions by turning the ball over in the red zone. And a lot of these red zone issues have been fluky, but like Justin Herbert needs to be better in the red zone too. And whether that is making better decisions, placing more accurate passes, running with his legs and creating some things that way, you know, checking protections. Like, it, it all adds up when you're playing the Chiefs. Like, you can kind of get away with some things here and there against the Cowboys and against the Washington football team. But if if Herbert makes mistakes in the red zone and they're kicking field goals or turning the ball over, like, they will lose, and they'll probably lose by double digits. So that's really the, how it comes down to for me. You've got to be aware of where Tyron Matthew is, whether he's playing safety, playing Jalen Guyton in the slot, manning up against Keenan Allen playing dime linebacker like he is their Derwin James like and you have to be aware of where he is and if you're not he's going to make you pay yeah all right let's move on to the x factors I'll kick this topic off here because I think the x factor for me is Austin Eckler and Larry Roundtree and obviously we know that Austin Eckler is very very good so I'm going to mostly talk about Larry Roundtree here because the way that Joe Lombardi talked about their red zone issues today made me think that this is going to be a kind of game where we see more action for the running backs. And obviously, you know, one of the things that everybody knows who pays attention to football knows is that once you get down to the red zone, everything gets tighter. You know, there's more traffic and spaces and passing lanes. There's more bodies that you can throw back there. You know, it's much easier to put three guys at the end zone line and play, you know, like a passable defense. So I think the way that they can kind of solve some of their issues is running the football and the offensive line is blocking very, very well right now. I mentioned Steven Anderson and Don Parham. So I think this is a game that we could and should see more action out of Austin Eckler and Larry Roundtree. We saw a little glimpse here and there in the first week of Larry Roundtree. We've seen glimpses of it in the preseason. I think if he gets, you know, eight to 10 carries, I think he could score a touchdown in this game and really give this red zone offense a boost that they really desperately need at this point. Yeah, because it really does seem like on some occasions they don't, I don't want to say they don't know what to do, but there's sometimes it sounds like, you know, all go towards the end zone, but they won't have like any running back leaking out of the backfield or they'll <laughs> run, I don't know, something else. And it just, it never seems like they want to get running backs involved at that point. But then you watch the Washington football team drive, running backs are clearly involved and they they score the touchdown two-point conversion at the goal line, scored the two-point conversion. So, yeah, I'd love to see uh, running backs get involved. But uh, apparently there have been 17 games that the with Mahomes the Chiefs have had where a running back has had somewhere between four and a half yards of carry and like eight yards of carry in that game. And of those 17 games, the Chiefs have only lost one. So hopefully they contribute in the, <laughs> in the red zone and score more because at, leaning on that run too much, I don't know how much they'll win. Yeah, um, my X factor for this game is actually going to be Patrick Mahomes, uh, and it's going to be specifically Patrick Mahomes versus Brandon Staley. Um, I think that Gus Bradley was able to actually play uh, quite a few good games against Mahomes, right? I mean, all the Chargers-Chiefs games of, you know, recent history have been fairly close, right? Um, But one criticism that was, you know, constant against Gus Bradley is he just refused to put a QB spy on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and here's how uh, the last three years 
uh, Patrick Mahomes have played out in terms of rush yards per game, not against the Chargers, just uh, the whole league, 16.6 against the Chargers in the last three games. So this is the last two years because he didn't play in the final game last year. He averages 45 yards per game rushing. Um, And a lot of these plays come on third downs where the Chargers are trying to get off the field, much like that Mexico City game uh, in 2019, if people remember, and they just couldn't do it. So, like, this is one of those games where I kind of look at Kenneth Murray and I say, hey, you know, if you're not, like, kind of playing great right now, like, this is maybe one of those games where you want to use him as a QB spy, just, like, track the passer, kind of do your thing. Um, You know, just take care and remove that option from the Chiefs game because – you know, if you are on third and four and are trying to get a stop on the Chiefs, like you just cannot get beat by Patrick Mahomes using his legs. Like you could get beat by him throwing through the air. Everyone gets beat like that. But it's just kind of one of the more inexcusable things in these recent Chiefs games have been the Chargers just allowing Mahomes to stay on the field and often in games be the leading rusher with his legs. In two of the last three Chargers Chiefs games, Patrick Mahomes has been the leading rusher on his team. Um, which is just kind of a disgusting stat. So, but love God's daily. Please use a quarterback supply. I like that. I, I like that that X factor. That's that's unique, and I'll think of something like that moving forward. It's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with my X factor being Donald Parham. We sort of already talked about him. There's so not really much more to talk about. They drew up red zone plays for him. Shots past the 30. He's wide open for one touchdown that Herbert missed. He caught another touchdown pass that was called back. Um, you know, can he get involved? He's also going to be tasked with blocking Chris Jones at some point. So yeah, he's my X factor for the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think the tight ends in general, just like the, I I think the biggest weakness of the chiefs defense is the linebacker room and these safeties that are not named Tyron Matthew. So, you know, this is, this could be a good game for, you know, the running backs and tight ends in passing situations. All right, let's move on to our bolt predictions. This is where uh, we have had some failures and some successes on this podcast, trying to be a little bold, trying to be a little out there. Um, if you want to blame anyone for the last week's score, you can blame Tyler. But let's let's get a little bold in this in this situation. Obviously, you know it's all fun and games, just busting Tyler's balls. Um, Alex, why don't you kick us off with your first bolt prediction? Uh. It was tough. I, I'll i say Jalen Guyton, two touchdowns. I think we, we've seen Jalen Guyton not get involved. Uh, this feels like a game where he could finally get involved. If the Chiefs maybe struggle with a little bit of deep coverage. Obviously, Tyron Matthew will be moving uh, all around the field a lot, but those other safeties that Steven has brought up are pretty inexperienced. Uh, so if you can hit Jalen Guyton on that one big play, like this is kind of the game to do it as opposed to some of the opponents that they have coming up. So I'd love to see Jalen Guyton get involved this game. Uh, I called Jared Cook for two touchdowns last week. He got one taken away. So it is what it is. Um, so I'll take uh, Jalen Guyton, two touchdowns. One of them I think will be uh, maybe a closer sort of to the red zone touchdown, but I do feel like we're sort of overdue for one of those Herbert 40 yard bombs at this point. Yeah, and it's important to point out that like they the Chargers offense is taking shots down the field. Yeah, they They're are. just not, you know, going to Jalen Guyton, which is what we're used to. They're not going for 50 yard touchdowns, but they are going down the field. So that's the important thing. Oh, do we get to see the dog tonight? Hey. Yes. She was barking snow, I'll just hold her. Hello. Oh, yes. That's so cute. There's the X Factor for the game. Galadriel. Exactly. <laughs> what's the, what's the dog's name? Ganondorf or whatever? Not even close. <laughs> <Ganondorf>. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Galadriel, but thank you. <laughs> Did you assume my dog's gender? Gandorf? Oh my gosh, that's not uh, even a character. Gandorf is from uh, Zelda. Yeah. Okay. It was fantasy related. You were close. Thanks. Close. Uh, close. So my, my bold prediction, let's move away from that. My bold <laughs> prediction is going to be that Joey Bosa has three sacks this game. Doesn't there sound very bold, but I do think by golly, he needs to have a good game. Not that you know he didn't play poorly last game, and just he kind of got shut down by both scheme and the, what the Dallas Cowboys were doing. This game, they want to push it deep. Joey Bosa is going to have three sacks. And you know what? Just because I'm awful at these bolt predictions, and it always ends up being the opposite, I'll say this. Patrick Mahomes has 700 yards. <laughs> 
So now he's going to have, what, 250 or something? Easily. Oh, there we go. Um, so last week I said Asante Samuel Jr. gets his first career interception. That happened. Very nice. Um, was very pleased with that. Asante played great. Shout out to everybody who voted for him for Rookie of the Week. I, I You know, for a team that doesn't have fans, the Chargers players sure win a lot of fan vote awards. Um, so really excited about that. I think my bolt prediction... Ooh, let's see. Where do I want to go with this? I think we see Austin Eckler over 150 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns this week. I think we see a huge like day from Austin Eckler, both because, frankly, I think we'll see him rush the ball more. But I also think the Chiefs defense is in a bad spot up the middle with their linebackers and their safeties, again, outside of Tyron Matthew, who is one of the best in the league. But I think mm-hmm. we see a big game from Austin Eckler. We saw him be a little bit more involved last week. Um, there were a couple really bizarre plays that were kind of like screenish and nobody was out blocking for him. So uh, if we can just cut that shit out and actually <laughs> use him down the field like he was more often, uh, I think well, that prediction will come true. So I think I'm going to say over 150 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns for Austin Eckler. I feel like we're going to be right this time. I really think we are. There we go. <laughs> we'll probably get one. So, <laughs> frankly, if we could get Joey Bosa three sacks, I think that's probably the one that I would want most to happen. I think okay. that would really be the most uh, detrimental to the Chiefs winning. So, mm-hmm. if that's the one yeah. that comes true, I'm very happy. Bold nice. prediction. The Chargers don't win by 20 points. <laughs> 19. It was a, it was a good, it was a good inter- 19. There we go. All right, we're going to move on to some of our league-wide picks for today. Um, Tyler, somehow I forgot to mix up the order, so Tyler (laughs) has gone first two weeks in a row. He has taken the lead. Um, Shout-out to the Steelers and everybody else that I picked last week for really sucking it up. Um, So I am currently losing. I know some people were, were like, saw us talking about the jersey thing. So we have a bet at the end of the season, whoever is in first place with these picks. Uh, is going to get a jersey paid for by the other two of us. So right now, Tyler is in the lead, and then Alex, and then me. So Alex gets to go first. Alex, who are your two winners, and then your underdog that you are picking to win this week? Just to update the standings, Tyler is four and two. Steve, uh, I'm three and three. Steven is one and five after a parlay from hell. Uh, yeah. involving the Steelers, uh, I think the Bengals, and also the Saints last week. So it wasn't the best for him. But uh, <laughs> I do get to start this week. So, uh, you know, like Tyler did last week, I'm taking the two cupcake games off the table. Uh, <laughs> give me the cards over the Jags and give me the Broncos over the Jets at home. Yeah. Uh, those are the two sort of easy ones this week when it comes to the overdogs. My underdog, so the Rams actually started as the betting favorites over the Buccaneers, but now they are a a one-and-a-half-point dog at home to the Buccaneers, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a little bit – or two is it two points? Uh, It's one-and-a-half still, one-and-a-half. One-and-a-half, okay. Uh, Yeah, so they're one-and-a-half point to the defending Super Bowl champions at home, and I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, I think that Matt Stafford's looked really good. This defense is probably, you know, good enough to keep up with that. You know, Tom Brady offense that's looked really good these first two weeks. Uh, so I'm going to take Matt Stafford and the Rams as my underdog. Very good, Alex. Very good. So I am going to start this off. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans over the Indianapolis Colts. That feels like kind of a gimme to me um, with the way that the Colts uh, are banged up when Suddenly, Carson Wentz can listen to doctors, which is great for him and his mental health. Um, So I'm going to take the Titans over the Colts. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints over the New England Patriots. I feel like this is a kind of a get-right game for Sean Payton, who, um, you know, I know they they killed the Packers in the first game, but they haven't really been able to move the ball consistently. So I think this is kind of a get-right game for Sean Payton and Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. Um, So I think they get the win over the New England Patriots. And then my upset of the week, I was pretty surprised at this line. The Buffalo Bills are currently favored by eight and a half points over the Washington football team. And frankly, the Buffalo Bills offense has really struggled uh, to move the ball consistently similar to the to the Saints. 
But I think this is a game that is pretty sneaky. Um, I would definitely take the points for Washington covering that margin. But I am going to pick Washington as my upset of the week over the Buffalo Bills, a team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, this is a pretty big upset for me. Wow, you guys really gave me some easy ones. So I'm going to take the Browns over the Bears. Thanks for that one. And then I'm going to take the Raiders over the Dolphins, who do not have a quarterback and they have no, no offensive line. Good so God. those are going to be my, my two picks. I'm going to go Browns and Raiders. God help me. And then for my upset pick, I think technically the Packers are underdogs to the Niners. Maybe it's the opposite. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, but I don't want to take one that's that close because I really could see the Packers beating the Niners. So uh, I can't tell if this is going to be hilarious for me or hilarious for Alex. I'm not sure. I'm going to take the Eagles over the Cowboys in this one. <laughs> there we go. Someone had to do it this week. We've had an Eagles pick every single week so far. Um, so someone pick them again next week. That'll be fun. Maybe it's my turn next week. Um, yeah. So uh, that's I, just be... to say, I just want to say really quick on the Carson Wentz thing. Uh, I've seen the Colts uh, fans going through the stages of grief. So now they're just like, oh, well, you know, this offensive line isn't healthy and everything's not on him anymore. And I'm like, oh, man, that's so fall 2020 for me. But uh, yeah, so have fun with yeah. that. Yeah, your mental health is great, Alex, because you don't have to watch Carson Wentz anymore. So great. <laughs> All right, let's get... Oh, I forgot to change the thing. Whoops. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, do the game thing. Oh. Whoops. All right, let's do uh, our predictions for this Chargers and Chiefs game. Um, Tyler, why don't you kick us off with your final score prediction and you have winning. Um, I think this might be a little depressing for our listeners, but let's have at it. <laughs> Yeah, today I got to be depressing for our listeners. And I'm sorry, but I don't see the Chargers correcting all of their mistakes and everything going their way in the span of a week. Could the Chargers beat the Chiefs? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen this week? No, I just don't think they're cohesive enough, clean enough right now. And without Balaga, but without Harris Jr., potentially without much of Jones, I think they can keep it close. I don't believe in this Chiefs defense, and I never really have. But I do think that a takeaway here, you just feel goal there. Chiefs end up winning. So Chargers are going to lose this game 24 to 30. Yeah, um, I think this is kind of going to be a close game throughout. I don't think that the Chargers are really going to get blown out. Um, I actually see it kind of being uh, higher scoring, but maybe as close as the Cowboys-Chargers game was all throughout last week. Um, I do have the Chargers taking the L here, however, just because, uh, you know, I think this Chiefs team has such a high margin for error and the Chargers currently don't. Uh, that's really the difference between these two teams. The Chiefs can afford to not convert on a red zone trip because they'll have five more and probably wind up with touchdowns. That's just the yeah. state of their offense right now. Um, I need to see a little bit more from the Chargers offense, certainly more than the 18 and a half points per game that they're averaging or sorry, the 18 points per game that they're averaging uh, before I, you know, kind of really am going to take, no, is it 18 and a half? I think it's 18 and a half, whatever. Um, I really just need to see more than that uh, for me to pick them in this kind of high profile, you know, matchup where the Chargers are going to have to score at the very least 30 to come away with the win uh, in this sort of environment. So that's just it for me. Um, it, you know, it's a bummer, but to be honest, like, to me, the goal for the Chargers at this point should be just to get into the bye at three and three. Like if you can find a way to beat, uh, you know, the Raiders and find a way to beat one of the Browns or Ravens, I think that that's kind of acceptable going into the bye. So it would be great to get this win against the Chiefs. Kind of sucks they didn't get the win against the Cowboys because that was the more winnable game in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have them taking the L here. But like Tyler said, I wouldn't be surprised if they won just because the Chargers have been playing very close games with the Chiefs ever since Mahomes took over. You know, I think the largest margin for a game was actually Mahomes' first game where the Chiefs won by 10 points. Um, so other than that, they've all been pretty much one-score games. So um, I think this is a game where Brandon Staley kind of can, you know, do some moves that, you know, sort of out chess Andy Reid. But I just don't I think the Chargers are a little bit too banged up and I, I don't really trust their margin for error. And a lot of the stuff that we saw last week, I don't think will be corrected in one week, like Tyler said. Yeah, if you had asked me this 
you know, prediction a couple of weeks ago, I, I probably would have picked the Chargers. This is a game that I thought, you know, when the schedule came out that they could have won or they still can win. But they just have – there are too many issues right now for me to feel comfortable in predicting the Chiefs, predicting a win over the Chiefs. Of course, like my co-hosts have said, like the Chargers absolutely have the talent to win this game. And if they do, like we'll be very, very happy. Um, but I, I think until they really kind of figure out some of these issues, the red zone offense, the, you know, not slanting the same ways and clogging up running holes on your own and all these different kind of issues and, and you know, not having 10 plus penalties and all these fluky ways to not score touchdowns. I just, I just can't pick the the chargers to beat the chiefs right now. So Obviously, we're all hoping for to be wrong in this kind of situation. I do agree with Alex. Like this is going to be a close game. That's the Chargers are really the team that has played the Chiefs the closest in terms of margin of victory, um, in, in, at least in the AFC West. That is. So I think the Chiefs will win. I saw one prediction on NFL Network that it was going to be like thirty-eight to twenty-one. That's just complete garbage. Um, so I'm going to say the Chiefs win. Uh, 27 to 21. So, oh, um, I'm actually just now realizing I didn't say a score <laughs> in my <laughs> long ramble. So, uh, I'll say Chiefs 33, Chargers 30. Okay. So, a lot of points for Alex. Um, it is funny though. Like last week, we were all predicting like a 30 point game and it was 20 to 17. Yeah. So, uh, just how football works sometimes. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for us today, guys. Tyler, Alex, any final thoughts before we head out for the day? Uh, sorry for the background noise. <laughs> it's all good. We all have stuff some from time to time. It's all good. Alex, any final thoughts, man? Uh, no, just uh, thanks, you guys, for watching the show as always. And uh, hopefully we'll have a very happy post-game stream and we're all wrong in the Chargers beat the Chiefs. Yes, absolutely. We're always rooting for that to happen. Um, as always, make sure and like this video, comment and let us know what you think. Um, you know, comment about how cute Tyler's dog is and how precious that little puppy kisses was. Um, as always, leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate all the positive feedback. And please go support our sponsors, whether it's TickPick, Manscaped, Buster Sportsbook, Quest Designs, The Backroom Collection, or Chicky Chicky Wings and Sports. I know that they are hosting a Die Hard Bullet Club event on Sunday, so go check them out. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time. I love that little dog, Ganondorf. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.